Coming up on tonight's episode of the Big Footy Podcast, we talk all about trade week. We talk about the goings-on at Essendon, and Mike tells us all about what the hell is going on at the Western Oval. All that and more, coming right up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Big Footy Podcast. I am, of course, the Wookiee with me tonight. The very young man formerly known as the Prosecutor, now currently going under the name Og Cat. Good evening. Good evening, Wookiee. How are you, mate? Not too bad. And with us tonight, the slightly older uh, Mike from the Bulldogs board. Welcome. <laughs> hey, lads. Hang on. Just wait while I have a sip of that good old Horlicks here. And joining us again with his walker and his pension, the oldest man amongst us, the vintage so himself. Cool. You could call him the father figure of the group. The father figure of the group. I was getting there. He's our, our guiding light. Uh, messenger, good evening. Oh, my gout medication's just kicked in. <laughs> oh, baby. Lucky you. <laughs> oh, so, good evening, gents. It's been uh, an interesting couple of weeks in footy. We did have a podcast last week, and, uh, you know, that, that was interesting. Interesting things have continued to happen in the trade period. Uh, Mike, what's going on at the Bulldogs? Well, you can probably imagine why I wasn't on the podcast last week for obvious reasons. We're going through, you know, a club uh, <laughs> crisis at the moment while um, while uh, Mr. Griffin was off pig shooting as the club captain. Uh McCartney was um, being told his services were... Well, he wasn't being told, but he was gently being ushered that, you know, his situation was untenable and pretty much told that he should think about his future with the Bulldogs. And uh, we had a complete backflip from our president, Mr Gordon, who publicly went out and um, gave roasting to Griffin only a day earlier than he was on Friday morning, uh, you know, Chassa, or, or um, sorry, praising him. So that was... Uh, Something which uh, threw a few a bit of us, a few of us off, and hence uh, three days later, four days later, we had the announcement in the media that Tom Boyd wanted to come play for us. I mean, who can blame him? Of course, you know the best the best young list in the league, and uh, and here we are. He he no he need no longer be scared of being stuck behind Liam Jones exactly. in the forward depth chart. Now, Mike Peter Gordon. I have grave concerns about Peter Gordon's performances the last two weeks. After talking about high court rulings, about the sanctity of a contract, not only did he do a backflip on Ryan Griffin, your guys then went out and offered Tom Boyd the opportunity to break his own contract. So, I mean, are we are we being hypocritical? Are we being pragmatic? Or are we just simply saying, oh, well, if this is the game we're playing. Ah, look, in this day and age, it's, it's, you know, it's really the shoe that fits, isn't it? It's every club, or not every club, but a lot of clubs are doing it. Um, I don't think it's right. Um, I don't agree with what Gordon's done, but for other reasons around that, in, in regards to how he can publicly come out and um, he and Garlic give their full support to, to McCartney two days earlier and then two days later completely backfit on that. And then also, there's some other issues there, or there were some, there were some other issues that were going on that really um, went under their watch in terms of um, some play divisions there that happened throughout 
uh, middle of the year that really affected the way things were going. So, um, you know, I think my view on McCa- on uh, Peter Gordon, sorry, is a little bit different, but, you know, I think we're on the same same lines that um, I was surprised to see him come back as president, but he did come back um, unopposed in the election. So, yeah. Can they it's afford surprising to... to see a man be so fat yet so acrobatic. <laughs> can, can they afford to lose Peter Gordon at the moment? Uh, look, there's a, there, there are there are other suitable people who would stand up. I mean, the only reason that um, David Smorgan left, I think, was he, he needed a break. He'd been there long enough. He'd, he'd done uh, what he did. He did a fairly good job, and I don't blame him for wanting a break after that period of time. There's, there is also Sue Alberti, but um, on the last election, she declined. Um, but yeah, look, there's always there's always other people in the mix there on the on the Western Bulldogs board who could step up to that role. So, I think it's something that the club needs to ride through. You know, everything that's happened over the last week, it's a bit of a watershed moment for the club at the moment, and now they need to really get onto the task of finding um, and, and appointing a suitable coach uh, who has obviously um, some sort of um, uh, background experience and proven results um, on match day coaching and and work out what they're going to take forward, you know, because they, someone needs to really step up to the plate now and sort of bring this list together of what's there and, and say, okay, well, those guys, all right, you no longer won't be at the club, so off you go. Um, and let's work with what we've got and build that list around who we are today, you know, moving forward. And you're always going to come into that position where players are going to make decisions that they want to move for personal reasons. Um, you've got to deal with it when that happens. But, I, you know, no one player is above the club, and that's first and foremost. You know, um, there's some issues there that happened between Griffin and McCartney that I don't think were dealt with in a very amicable way That's and, and it's caused a lot of division. But um, I think there is some light at the end of the tunnel going forward and I think we've got a real opportunity now to sort of make some inroads and actually start developing a really good list. And those players who didn't want to be around, they've been given the opportunity to move on. Okay, and who's going to coach the Bulldogs? Who's in line for that? <laughs> Uh, we've, been... got, we've got a bloke by name, James Heard, that we're um, <laughs> negotiate to take over you for you. Yeah, whatever yeah. it takes, eh? Whatever it takes. Uh, no, look, I, I can tell you who it's not going to be. It's not going to be Bomber Thompson. I can guarantee that. Not after not after how uh, things happened with McCartney and, and, and Thompson came out during the Essendon Best and Ferris and criticised the club, so I really couldn't see him doing it. Um, I don't think it's going to be Stuart Dew. I think it could be a chance. I think it's going to be a toss-up either between uh, Brent Montgomery or uh, Lee Tudor. Um, no, no, Brett Ratton. I don't know. I think he might be a dark horse, um, but I think I'm, I'm inclined. I'm more inclined to think they're going to make a decision between Montgomery or Tudor. Now West has put his hand up, but I don't think they're going to go with West. Um, and there is also an outside chance of another, you know. Uh, another coach like Laidley or Williams, but you know, they're not giving anything away at this point in time as to where they're leaning. I'm not sure Rat. I'm would. just interested I'm just interested about the idea of Montgomery. I mean he's been he was um, McCartney's lead assistant, so is he too close to all the problems of, of twenty fourteen to then be put in charge? Um that's a good point. Personally I, I Think so. Personally, I'm not sure. My preference is to see Montgomery there doing the job. My preference would be to see someone like 
uh, Tudor, who's who's got some good uh, experience there and uh, has been a very good assistant coach um, over the couple, last couple of years. But to have him, you know, um, mentored by someone like Choco Williams, who has proven match day experience, he knows what it takes to get a team to a grand final and win a flag. So. Yeah, and lose one by 119 points, but that's another discussion altogether. <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm getting at. Um, if it's yeah. not Williams, it's someone, it's someone in that mould. Um, although the list is thin on that part of, of those coaches or those available with that sort of experience who would want to come back and start coaching again, because you know the trend we see these days is that it's a lot of younger assistant coaches coming through, and most of the ones that fit that mould are either taken by a club or are no longer coaching, like your Lee Matthews type. Mm. Yeah. And you've got Gold Coast looking for a coach at the moment as well, so a bit of competition out there. Yeah, and uh, you know a similar situation with Western Bulldogs as to what happened with Gold Coast, and you've got a feel for Guy McKenna because had um, Ablett not have been injured, they would have been playing in finals, and I mm. bet you he'd still be there. An interesting mm. thing is that um, I haven't heard anything about who Gold Coast are, are trying to are trying to get up there. I I mean, they Thompson... might the only thing I've seen is that Rodney Eade said no. Apparently. Well, I think Rodney Eads decided that, much like Lee Matthews decided a few years ago, and I remember talking to him when that, sorry, when, when they were interviewing Lee Matthews about whether he'd coach again, he said, you know what, the game passed me by. Yeah, he said yeah. it was clear to me at the end that, that I wasn't up to it anymore, and, and he said it would be dishonest to go back and, and, and have another crack. I just, mm. I just don't think I'm up to it. And, and maybe Rodney Eade feels like that. Also, Rodney Eade gets paid a lot of money to sit in the sit out the back at Collingwood. So yeah, he's got a pretty cushy job, as we speak. Mm. Last yeah. last question, Mike. Uh, Six million over seven years for uh, Tom Boyd, and a million being paid to Ryan Griffin's contract while he's at GWS. You happy with that? Um, now, there's there's been some talk about you know, who's paying what towards Griffin's contract. But I, I, I don't know the figures on that. I don't know what's true and what's not. Um, I know we are front-loading some, front some of his contract, but I guess it'll come out in the wash. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's what do you do? What do you do in this situation? Personally, I think we paid overs for him. I think it should have been as maybe Griffin and uh, lowest second-round pick. But... Um, I don't know. You know, we don't know who was there. We don't know who bet at the first dial it and probably would have been us. And I think at the end of the day, something had to be done to get the deal across the line because otherwise you'd have two players who were basically going to be um, unhappy in their current positions and not necessarily in the right uh, frame of mind to play or, or be competitive or uh, what's the word for it? Um, to be uh, any to have any contribution towards their existing clubs and you know Boyd came out or his manager Liam Pickering came out and said publicly that no matter what happened with the deal if it didn't go through Boyd was coming back to Melbourne next year regardless so I think it's one of those situations that if we didn't do it now we probably wouldn't have done it next year um, when he when he was uh, out of his um, contract with uh, GWS, there probably would have been a lot more competition for him at that point in time. So mm. I guess you now got to look at that situation where what's done is done, the decision is made for the better or worse, and uh, and hope that he proves himself. I mean, look, from all all uh, 
all aspects in what he's done so far. And, you know, he's only 19. You've got to look at other key position forwards who were in that similar situation. It does take him a few years to develop. But everything at this stage says that he's going to be the player he is. It's just a matter of now of, of making sure that we have a bit of luck and everything goes our way with Tom Boyd. OK, I, I, I'll tell a lie. I do have one further question. Adam Cooney uh, sent to Essendon yesterday for pick 37. Seems like a good deal. Look, um, I'm I, I'm indifferent on this one purely because I know Adam's situation. I've spoken to Adam personally. I know the dilemma he went through back in 2012 when he was contemplating giving the game away and what he had to do um, since then to sort of get himself right. So I sort of feel with him. In terms of Cooney going, um, I don't really have any problems with him going. Um, I, w- I would love to have seen him finish with us and this is unreported um, and this don't you know this is not gospel so take this um, as uh, something off the uh, off the table here or is that there's um, I saw a comment I won't say it's who it's from but basically Cooney it was implied that Cooney was told that his services would no longer be required next year well that was his um, wife that was his wife on Facebook today apparently yeah yeah so that's you saying it <laughs> anyway but you know those comments were there so I don't think something like that would have been made up. I think Cooney would have stayed and played if he could. Um, he, he was a loyal kid, and uh, I feel for him, and I, I don't begrudge him looking for an opportunity elsewhere. So I wish him all the best. I think he's done as well as he can to get as much out of his knees he probably can. Um, you know, Essendon, at Essendon, I hope, he, I hope he can play another year or so. I know where he is with his injury and, and how bad and how debilitated it is. So, you know... All the best to you guys, uh, Pross or Oldcat, and you know I hope he uh, I hope he gets some uh, well you get some worth out of him. Yeah. Um, well, you guys got any further questions for Mike before we switch over? I, to... I've got I mean I've I've got a sort of a, a couple of questions. Uh, first of all, Mike, we were talking last week about the 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 concern about how free agency was really damaging the fabric of. Of, of the, not, I say the fabric of the game makes it sound like I'm bloody Mike Brady or something, but we're <laughs> well, talking Mark, about how it, Robinson, it's damaging, apparently. damaging the game in some respect. We've seen a few thunderbolts go through the game this week with players being induced to break their contract or, or ask for a trade on the basis of better money, and and GWS came after Ryan Griffin. When he was had yep. more than twelve months to go, and, and 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 got him to trade, and it would seem to me, and I don't know what the timeline is, but it would seem in retaliation the Bulldogs have gone up and done exactly the same thing. Now, to me, it's the clo- it's This isn't the what we would say is the top teams. We'd say these are the teams that have been down the bottom of the ladder are actually the ones wide-handing the system now, and I and I mean I'm not blaming the Bulldogs specifically, but there are a couple of teams, and the Gold Coast have done it as well this week with Mitch Hallahan come out and offered him. He still got, he still had a year to go at Hawthorne. You know, we're really playing hardball now, and if we're worried about free agency, I think this is a much bigger worry, where we're going to have kids being picked off left, right, and centre. 
Yeah, look, and so, when, it comes, when it comes to free agency, I, I actually agree with you. I'm not really happy with the system. I think that it's it's far too flawed, and I don't think they've really given enough consideration. If they want to look at a free agency model that works, I suggest that, I would have suggested they look at the NBA system and how that works in terms of who can, who can draft what free agents, who can approach what free agents. But I think you're right there. And let's not forget what GWS did. I don't want to turn this into a tip for tap, but let's not forget how GWS approached uh, Ward when he was under contract and still playing with us. So, you know, it's not a case of saying, well, you know, we, we've got one back at you. But it's not just our club. This, it's, this all a, it's all the clubs. It's, it's, it's a problem for every club, really, that's got players under contract is that it doesn't seem that contracts are any, you know, uh, hold any sanctity these days. And, and if you, even if you look at the... Um, what they've done with Ryder to, for Ryder to get out of playing for Essendon and going to Port, you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's right, personally. I don't agree with it. Mm. Well, I, I guess there are a couple of things I'd say here. First of all, this isn't free agency, what we're seeing. This is people Poetry. saying, well, you know what? I know I can force it because every time somebody goes and does this and says, I want out and I want to go here, the club says, oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay, you can go. To me, the people are the biggest losers out of this this week at GWS. There was no reason they couldn't have sat Tom Boyd down and said, you're staying and we don't care, all right? We don't care if you don't like it here. You're staying. You've got a contract because they put a mark on themselves now. Every bloody agent in Australia is going to be saying they're soft. They're a soft mark. They've got all these kids coming out of contract and we're going to pick them off one by one. They could have got that deal in 12 months. Boyd has a good season playing at the Giants. He's still in, he's on contract till the end of October. They could have got this deal in 12 months' time. But they, make a point, but they get to make a point about it. Well, you look, you know, when, you, when, you, when you're talking about that in particular in terms of current contracts and forcing a player to stay, they, they, they can do that. They have their right. But they can't actually force the player to play and, and no court in Australia will force a player to play under their contract. So you remember back to Bacchanara versus Hawthorne, 1989, where B- wanted to wanted to leave and play footy in WA and Hawthorne took him to court and tried to stop that. Um, yeah. But they, they were unsuccessful because... They Hawthorne won him. that case though, Mike. Uh, they did, but they didn't. They couldn't stop him from playing football, which they were trying to make trying to do because he was still able to go back and play in Western Australia because the decision of the court was that you cannot play for another club that competes with Hawthorne. So that's how he got out of playing in, in sure, WA. But, but I mean, look, the point I'm getting at here is, is not about that. It's about you've got two players who just don't want to be at their clubs for whatever reason. Under contract... If you look at Griffin, we could have done exactly the same thing with Griffin. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's right or wrong either way, but you would have had Griffin basically sitting there doing nothing for a year or playing in the VFL, and you would have had Boyd doing similar, um, not wanting to play, just sitting out and playing in the uh, New South Wales um, Football League, whichever it is they play up there um, in, in the reserves, and then Boyd would have not renewed his contract and gone to the pre-season draft or tried to seek a trade at that point, and so would Griffin. I think at the end of the day, you've got to look at each decision or, or each instance and, and the reasons and foundations behind that. If you look at stepping aside from the, the Griffin and Boyd trade, if you look at Paddy Ryder going to, to uh, Port and how that was construed, it was based on you know a, 
a clause, contractual clause being used against Essendon to get out of a contract based on the Osada investigation. So the whole thing, though, with player contracts, and, and I agree with you around how players are getting poached, um, I think the AFL really needs to take a hard look at that uh, well, because I, it's only going to get worse. I, I'm, I'm, I'm most critical of the Giants because they had so much to lose in this. They're a very young club. They've got a gr- a very young group up there, and they seemingly are having trouble keeping them together. You know, we had they lost two top two picks from the last two years in this draft period. Plus, they lost a, another a couple other top twenty guys, and there's no there's no culture being developed up there yet. And, and this is my concern: is that a guy like that who's been there for one year and says. I don't like it, and he sends a text message to the coach, and all of a sudden they're going to trade him. I mean, this is this is this is a massive problem, and these guys are sucking air through a straw right now. The bulldog, look, you Griffin, you can understand there are contributing factors in the Ryder case, but this is to me this is a massive red flag for the Giants. They let this kid go. I can understand that you can be pragmatic about it and say, oh well, he doesn't want to be here. Well, you know, don't. Don't go into the draft. Don't sign, you know. Don't go into the draft if you're not ready to play wherever. Is my yeah, view. Or, or and, 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 it, sorry, he should have made it clear to GWS that he wanted to stay in Victoria. He didn't want to go for whatever reason. But that's draft tampering. He's not like that. Goes goes back to James so, Cook when he so, said, "I don't want to. I only want to play for Melbourne." I mean, it's draft tampering. So. He's got a, and the other thing too is if the Giants keep him there, what if he has a good year? What if he, you know, has a good time with his mates? They win a few games. Just because Liam Pickering says he'll never change his mind doesn't mean this kid won't change his mind. Mm. I mean, you got to, you know, you, you got to. I mean, what's what's the old saying? You got to back self-interest because you always know it's trying. Well, it's in picking Pickering's interest to get this kid to the Bulldogs this week. It's not in Pickering's interest to see if Tom Boyd will change his mind in twelve months. Okay, we so don't... yeah, I mean, my, yeah, I, I, say, I think the Giants made a terrible mistake. I, I, look, I wish you luck at the Bulldogs, but I, I think the Giants made a terrible mistake. Okay, we need to move on quickly. But Og Cat, you've been pretty quiet, mate. Any comments? Yeah, look, to be honest, I think um, I think GWS when you say they're the big loser, I think at the same time they've highlighted though that to get a player like Boyd you're going to have to give someone the caliber of Griffin, like a club captain and undisputed gun and pick six. I think, I think that's a big thing that GWS can take out of this is that um, if sure players might get poached, but they're sure as hell going to have to pay up to get them. Mm. So whilst I understand what you mean by saying that it does put a marker on GWS's players at the same time, I don't think GWS is weakening themselves in any way, but, purely from the fact that they've made the Bulldogs pay a significant sum to get him. Well, look, you know, exactly when you look at what we've lost in the in the process, we've lost four players that were in our best 22. Um, you know, the captain, which was the hardest pill to swallow, and no one, no one wanted to see him go. But I think, you know, after how this has panned out, I don't think anyone wanted to see him stay. Um, Jones, people were hope people, People generally wanted Jones to say because people, you know, he was actually starting to pick up um, in in the VFL. But all of this stems back to um, the other issue that happened with there was a division with the players mid-season, and and that was actually even after round 15, where um, the senior players there was a rift there with the senior players and some of the junior players, all pups, and uh, 
you know, it wasn't sorted out. It nipped on the on the bud when it should have been at that point in time by the football manager. But anyway, it, it is what it is. Just one final comment from me on it. I think it was um, very, very soft and um, very disappointing from the Bulldogs to see McCartney move on. I think once they, once they, um, once Gordon came out the night before and slammed Griffin, I think it was at that point that you had to stand by McCartney for 2014. Sorry to steal the hashtag. I didn't do it intentionally. But um, I think it was, yeah, very weak then to come out the next day. And sure, he might have resigned, but let's be honest, he was very much pushed out the door, pushed towards yeah. his decision. Oh, look, make no mistake, make no mistake about it. Um, you if you are going to come out publicly and say you back the coach and this is the president and the CEO, you can't do that two days later. You can't backflip. You know, I fully agree. And there's a lot of people unhappy with that. You know, if they had problems with McCartney and they weren't satisfied, they shouldn't have renewed his contract, you know, which they did the year before. So it says that... It's true. There was there is some leadership issues in the club that needed to be sorted out. You know, you, you, president, you're going to come out and say they back the coach. Then they back the coach. You know, okay. one way or another, for the better or for the worse. But anyway, let's move on. The prosecution will kindly we rest now, gentlemen. Podcast. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Mike. <laughs> uh, just in general news this week, uh, some coaching news. Michael Voss has left the media to go and be the midfield coach at Port Adelaide. Uh, replacing Phil Walsh, who is now coach at the Adelaide Crows. Not a bad pick-up there. Uh, Very good. Yeah. <laughs> Studied indifference from the panel. Dean Cox has, to no one's surprise, become the Eagles' ruck coach. What would he know about rucking? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the AFL has uh, announced it's considering replacing carryover points and minor bans with fines. Uh, in this case, it would have made Nat Fife eligible for the Brownlow this year. Oh, God. Stop mm. with the Nat Fife. Until Fyfe. such no. a point until... Well, he took Lewis out at the end of the year. He wouldn't have been eligible for the Brownlow. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, I know, but he only took him out because he was already twice. ineligible. Yeah, he did the biggest... Um, Fife did the biggest uh, favour to the AFL at the end of the year against suspended again because it would have been a mockery if he had actually played those last two games, won the count, and but no, Fife went out of his way and he smacked Lewis and he solved oh. that problem. Pross, he hit a guy in the head with his shoulder. He got suspended. Like I don't no, understand it's, why it's, he, he. It was a he, he drew blood. It was a he drew blood. <laughs> <laughs> Could your voice get any higher pitch message? I can't believe it. This I is th- outrageous. I thought it was prosecutor talking again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the AFL has also come out and said that they're going to make some changes to the reserve seating structure at all games next year, with the exception of the Anzac Day, apparently. Of course. Um, which, I don't know, makes has no effect on me being in Adelaide, but... Um, might might be interesting for you guys over there. No, you'll feel it in 30 years. <laughs> and Erin uh, Riley, uh, we had her on for an interview a couple of weeks ago and uh, regarding some comments uh, she made in an article after Grand Final Day and the response that she got from big footy persons and people on Twitter has uh, posted again on the matter regarding an uh, email from the AFL 
uh, and continues to be unimpressed by them. You can read more about that at erinreilly.com.au. Love you, Aaron. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Now, Prosecutor, <laughs> your turn to face the hot seat, up. And uh, Essendon have uh, obviously had some fun in the last two weeks with the Ryder trade uh, being the big name and uh, the Asada thing slowly uh, seeming to head somewhere. Essendon... We've been having fun for the last 20 months, uh, let alone two weeks. Yes, Essendon that was reported tonight uh, by the Herald Sun, uh, Grant Baker writing that uh, 34 current and former Essendon players will receive reissued show calls notices tomorrow. Yay! So, um... What's what's the deal? Um, you don't know, do you? you haven't read the article yet. <laughs> I know, I, know, I did have a brief look over the article. From what I understand, the uh, the players, once they've had a read for the evidence, can elect to, you know, contest the tribunal as a single entity, or you know, proceed individually, or look to create Cronulla-style deals, or you know, whatever. Obviously, they've got a lot, uh, large array of options open to them. But, um, yeah, more or less, I think uh, the show calls notice stage has been well documented over the uh, over the previous few months. And, you know, it would be good for the players to actually see where they stand finally when they get presented with this evidence. And uh, hopefully we can get an expedited hearing and uh, get some closure in this one way or another soon. What's your view on uh, Port Adelaide and the Bulldogs uh, pushing their respective players that were involved at this time to uh, take separate advice? Well, to be honest, um, I think each player should have separate advice regardless. Um, that's That doesn't particularly bother me. Um, I find it interesting the choice of Prismal and uh, Crummery in regards to who they've recruited to lead up their case, but uh, <laughs> apart from that, there's no... Uh, uh, it doesn't bother me, to be honest, Uh each player is up. To, it's up to them to make their decision, and uh, good luck to them with whatever they decide. Okay, and the Ryder deal was finally done today. Finally, and uh, go Dodoro special was only was only possible <laughs> because of deals that were done yesterday. But uh, Ryder to Port Adelaide for picks seventeen and thirty-seven makes Essendon's first pick in the draft. Uh, pick twenty-one, I think. No, pick seven, uh, yeah, yeah, pick 21. Yeah, we 17, have 17 21. and 21, which is the um, end of first round compensation for losing our picks. So the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, apparently. Hang on, hang on. Sorry, can you go back? Did you just say you got a compensation picks for having picks taken away from you? I shit you not. Yeah, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. They Sorry, took first, is... round, first they took around they took our first and second round picks away for the two years. And as compensation, they gave us the end of first rounds before second round compensation pick this year. Well, essentially, their so, first round pick was moved to the end of the first round. Yeah, more so, or less. So not, we're not really compensation, you to room without your dinner. We're sending you to room without your supper, but we're going to deliver your pizza in 30 minutes. Basically. More or less, yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Adelaide, the fuck no. Yeah. Meanwhile, Adelaide, <laughs> the idiots, volunteered their fucking first two... Sur- what am I... I feel bad about saying fuck, and then two seconds later, I just drop it casually. Um, meanwhile, Adelaide uh, volunteered their first two round picks for uh, so two consecutive years without even bloody so much as a demand from the AFL. And in the end, they got worse draft sanctions than Essendon did. Mm. 
Well, for that's now. That's nothing special. That's what you got to look forward to, Wookie. For now, mate, we, we did our deal in 2002 with Carlton, and we never got deals like this, so... Uh, don't worry, you'll be getting plenty of opportunities, I suspect, with Carlton's culture. I'm sure we will. I'm uh, sure we will. Hey, while we're on the, while we're on the topic of uh, compensation picks, what do you guys think about the uh, um, Mitch Clark compensation pick three? No, you mean, you mean Frawley. That's oh, James Frawley. Frawley, not Clark. Frawley, if it was Clark, yes. I'd be up in arms, but it's not. It's Frawley. <laughs> Frawley, yes. Sorry. Um, look, I, I am of the view that there shouldn't be compensation picks, and yeah. I think we might have discussed this in the last podcast, but under the rules, they get one after their first pick, so it's a product of ladder position because, you know, for a $9 million, million 25-year, billion, billion contract, we got pick 19 for Buddy Franklin. See, this and... is where I, I think the AFL should release some clarity as to what type of deals constitute what. Because as it stands, we've got no idea of what deals actually, how they're, you know, how they're quantified in regards mm. to picks. Mm. It's almost like it's a Chook's fucking motto, which is obviously a standard AFL protocol. But um, I, I see Gil McLaughlin's come out the, sta- um, the last couple of days and said that... Um, Obviously, the AFL is going to be big about, um, you know, um, what's it? Um, clarity, openness, all that sort of transparency. Buzz. Transparency. transparency that's yeah. the one I'm thinking of. The you whole, know, the whole idea of the compensation pick was to uh, ease clubs into the idea of the free agency period, and I think once that happens, we won't have compensation picks anyway. But even in the meantime, while they still have compensation, I don't see why the definitive criteria for what equates to what compensation isn't released publicly. Because I think part of that's because the contract nature at the new club is because uh, oh. contracts are confidential and yeah. contract and the size of the contract is it a plays deciding a part factor. in the yeah. So because, yeah. because things are, the other arrangements are confidential, we don't publicly acknowledge uh, salary rates or anything like that in the AFL, and because of that, you can't you can't really specify what the compensation is going to be for a player in advance because each player's wage is unique in the, in some ways. So. Oh yes, sure enough. But I mean, for instance, if they're going to have it to use the match review panel as an example, and it's never a good idea to use it as an example, but I I continue anyway. Um, even if they had the brackets as to, for instance, if they did years times contract uh, remuneration or something like that, or just at least gave the formula for how they actually get to their final result and then just gave us the band. Mm. So, for instance, if, um, say, four times 700,000 gave you, um, you know, 28 million or something like that, or just, you know, quantify to us the, how each band is reached or something like that. They don't have to give us necessarily the specifics of each player's contract, just get how each team actually arrived at. A better way of doing it might be, say, once you receive this contract, you will be within the top 25% of player player salaries at your new club, therefore it's this band. It could be based on age. I mean, you know, if you're in that key, key age bracket of sort of 25 to 29, maybe that's where you, you know that increases the, the compensation owed as well. But, look, I mean, as I say, I, I just get rid of them for full stop. Yeah. I think they're, well, that's the they're absolutely ridiculous. He, he, here's a hypothetical, okay? Melbourne asked for a priority pick and they were knocked back. 
was this another way of the AFL smoothing things over by saying, look, we're not going to give you a priority pick, but you know, we'll make sure you're adequately compensated for losing Frawley. I well, think, I think it played a part. Did the inverse and say that the AFL denied the priority pick because they knew they were going to get this compensation for Frawley? Yeah. Well, this well. is true. I mean, is there any is there any argument in your mind that Frawley shouldn't be in the top band of compensation given his playing history to date? Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. do say that there is an argument to say that he shouldn't be top compensation. I mean, I, I wasn't I guess, surprised I guess he it's relative to I guess it's relative to where he actually, to what the compensation is. Um, you know, for instance, uh, if Melbourne had pick 18 originally and they got pick 19 for him, like Cawthorne got with Buddy last year, I think that's fair compensation. But at the same time, pick three, it is nowhere near his actual output. Uh, yeah. I mean, statistically, I think he's probably a... I mean, being full-back in, in one of the two worst teams in the league is not everybody's idea of good time, but his goals conceded, personal goals conceded stat is, is right up there with, with a lot of key defenders in the league, and key defenders have got who had much more help around him than, than Frawley had. So I think he's, I mean, you know, I don't care about that much because you know, we weren't getting the compensation pick, we were getting the player. But, no, yeah, but the, mecha- I, I, the mechanics of the compensation picks, really, there's something wrong there because you can look at that and say, OK, well, yeah, Frawley's a good player, but then how can you justify giving, Mel- um, giving Melbourne two compensation picks for Scully and we're getting one for Ward? You know, Ward but is... That was a different... But that that comp- well, yes, I mean, I know, yeah, I I know what you're trying to get at, but you know, and I know what you're getting at too, because I mean, balance. Ward is a substantially better player than Scully, but I, I guess they were acknowledging the fact that they'd only just drafted him, and uh, he was a number one pick. But yeah, well, that that was a different model altogether. The 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 those um those players. All right. Moving along in the trade news for the week, and uh, the uh, Dane Beams trade finally happened. He went to the Lions with uh, Crisp and Picks uh, 5 and 25 went to the Pies. Um, Christian Jacksh, or however you pronounce it, and Wiley and Pick 19 went to the Blues. Pick 7 ended up at GWS, which makes three picks in the top seven for GWS. Uh, Reese Stanley and Pick 60 to Geelong, Pick 21 to St Kilda. Seems like a fair trade. I just don't understand. What, what, what's, Stephen Wells must have been drunk. Mitch Clark <laughs> has ended up at Geelong. Uh, Harry Nrieta Lumumba, or whatever he calls himself these days, is now at Melbourne, and Travis Varco is now at uh, Collingwood. As well as deals that happened today, uh, Mitch Hallahan, as uh, Messenger said, is now at Gold Coast in exchange for picks mm. 47 and 49, which I'm sure Hawthorne mm. will put to good use in, I don't know. Mm. And uh, uh, Ashley Giles and pick 62 have now gone to, well, sorry, Jonathan Giles and pick 62 off to Essendon in exchange for pick 57. Which again makes little to no sense to me, but I'm not a draft guy, so. But obviously, back up for uh, back up for uh, Bell Chambers now. Riders gone. And you missed the uh, there were two other trades you missed there, Wookie. What have I missed, mate? 
You missed the uh, the Adelaide Hawthorne pick pick, pick extravaganza for Loudon and Cheney. <laughs> Did I? Oh, Cheney went to Adelaide as well. Oh yeah, Cheney, yeah. Oh, uh, Cheney and Loudon went to Adelaide, and Hawthorne got Adelaide second round pick, uh, a third and a fourth, for our third or fourth and something else. But we exchanged three picks, and essentially we went got up into. The, Pick thirty-one, and exchanged to come. Did a couple of swapsies around, but yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a mishmash. It's, and the one at the end, which was Geelong trading fourteen and thirty-five to Adelaide for ten and forty-seven. Uh, and you also missed out um, uh, Bigs Swans rookie Bigs going to uh, the Dogs for um, Cooney and uh, swap thirty-seven. Oh, of course I did. Yes, and 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 Bigs was traded because. They couldn't keep him in the salary cap. Interesting. Interesting. What that leaves us with in the the draft order at the moment is uh, St Kilda still have pick one. They're not going to give it away, apparently. Not up for negotiation at the moment. Melbourne have pick two. Melbourne have pick three, which is their free agency compo. GWS have their uh, pick four, which is the one they, they finished the season with. Collingwood have pick five, which they got from Brisbane Lions in the Dane Beams trade. Pick six is GWS, uh, received from the Bulldogs for Ryan Griffin. Uh, pick seven is uh, GWS, received from Carlton for Christian Jakes and Mark Wiley. Pick eight is Gold Coast. Pick nine is Collingwood. Two picks in the top ten, not bad. Uh, pick nine will go for Darcy Moore. It's their father's son allotment and uh, committed to that. Pick ten is Geelong, uh, which they got apparently today. Uh, pick 11, West Coast. Pick 12, Richmond. Pick 13, Fremantle. Pick 14, Adelaide. Received from Geelong today. Uh, pick 15, Gold Coast. Received from Geelong in 2012. <laughs> uh, which was originally uh, compo for Gary Ablett leaving, so that's going to go full circle. Uh, pick 16, North Melbourne. Pick 17, Essendon. Received today for the Ryder trade. Uh, pick 18, the Swans, which uh, they are using to take Isaac Heaney. Uh, pick 19 will be the Blues' first pick, and uh, they got that from GWS in the trades today, uh, which uh, GWS got from Hawthorne for John O'Rourke. Pick 20, of course, is Essendon's, and my favourite pick in the draft is pick 21. Now, I know people don't have favourite picks, really, and so this is a bit odd, but pick 21 in the draft uh, is, uh, is St Kilda's. Now, they got this from Geelong in the Reese Stanley trade, which was traded to the Cats by the Brisbane Lions in the Alan Christensen trade, which was traded to the Lions by GWS in the Joel Patful trade. Right? It doesn't end there. It was traded to the Giants by Gold Coast in 2012. It was traded to the Suns by the Brisbane Lions in 2010 and was originally received by the Lions as compensation for Jared Brennan going to Gold Coast. <laughs> That's a paragraph all on its own. It's my favourite pick of the draft. It's been around yeah, since we've 2010. Got, we've got another one, just like it. Are we ready? This is pick 49. Oh, yeah. Hawthorne, pick 49, Hawthorne received from Gold Coast in Mitch Hallahan trade, previously received from West Coast via a trade in 2013, <laughs> traded to the Eagles by Collingwood in 2010, originally received by the Magpies as compensation for Josh Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pick forty nine. That's awesome. That's pick forty nine. And, and I think, and and I have a feeling that have we actually still got that? Oh no, we've still got that pick. 
I thought it might have been ended up going to Adelaide with Kyle Cheney and Luke Lamb, but no, Hawthorne still have that pick. So yeah, there you go. That's that's a four year old <laughs> compensation pick. Oh, it doesn't beat my pick twenty one though, mate. Sorry, that's that's just awesome. Um, pick thirty seven's not bad either. Swans received from the Bulldogs in the Shane Biggs trade, traded to the Dogs by the Bombers in the Adam Cooney trade, traded to the Bombers by Port Adelaide in the Ryder trade. Uh, all that yesterday, apparently. So, <laughs> good God! So uh, lots of things going on. Port and... Adelaide may be arriving at the draft late because their first pick is fifty seven. Yeah, just a little bit, but they um they did get Ryder, who's not a bad pick-up in that. So Yeah, well, well I guess that's fair enough. <laughs> um, players that didn't get taken so far uh, listed in the AFL website, Tim Memory, um, but he's apparently guaranteed to make his way to St Kilda through the pre-season draft. Uh, Taylor Hunt, surprisingly, perhaps. Mm. Um, Messenger and I were talking about this before the podcast. But um, he'll probably find his way somewhere in the PSD as well. Um, Mitch Robinson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Back on Carlton's rookie list. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, no, no, uh, he won't be I, at Carlton I, next year. I, I am told that Essendon are very keen on him. And what? and I I heard that Hawthorne, Hawthorne may be interested in him as well. Because... Sure up their Tasmanian players. Sure up their sure up their quota of homicidal maniacs, more likely. Well, I don't see how Mitch Robinson's going to wind up at Essendon purely for the fact that, as it stands, Essendon have uh, uh, over the limit of players they can have on their senior list. In fact, we've got um, as, as it stands, we're going to have to list a player who's actually contracted for this for next year. How, how how have you not how have you not cleared list space after the trade period? Well, because we've brought in Gwiltz. Um, who have we brought in? We've brought Gwiltz, Cooney, Giles. Uh, shit, who else? Keep in mind that we've <laughs> got to have two or three live picks as well. The draft as a. So you've got to have you've got to have thirty five on draft day. You've got to have three three picks. Apparently, isn't that the um, Woogie? Isn't that yeah. the rule? Yeah. You've got so, to, yeah, you've got to have so three picks. We've brought in three players. We've got to have three picks. Now, one of them will be a rookie upgrade for Patrick Ambrose. Now, so we're going to have six players we've got to bring in. Uh, uncontracted as it stands. Um, Riders obviously left, so we've got uh, four, five more to get rid of. Jetta's gone, four more. Hardingham's gone, three more. Uh, who else doesn't have contracts? Sean Gregory, two more. No. Uh, someone else. But um, as Windelich. it stands, yeah, Essendon has... Windelich might not be able to come back at all. Now, apparently, he, I think he has signed on. That's the thing. Because he... Um, he's a... He no, he has a contract. A his contract. He has, mm. Yeah, he, has a, he had a trigger clause in his contract. But he retired. He announced his retirement, didn't he? Yeah, but he's reversed that. Well, he might not be able to now. No, he's able to because he hasn't been taken off the list. Wow. Uh, let's well, see. Mitch Robinson, welcome to Hawthorne then. Kane <laughs> Lucas will be looking for a spot in the waffle next year. Uh, George Burberry, who I had never heard of before tonight, but Messenger had. Yes, he can play. Rates him. Um, Elliot Kavanagh. 
is apparently looking for put himself on the trade table. Pross. Yeah, yeah, I think he, he is uh, contracted for 2015 though. Contracted for 2015, put his uh, put his ears out for uh, any offers, and uh, he's either deaf or he's finally realised uh, that he's got to put in a bit more work before he has any currency at all. Kieran Harper ended up at uh, nowhere. He's still at North Melbourne as of now, but he tried to go to the Bulldogs apparently. Potato. Jason Tut uh, wanted to leave the Bulldogs. Mike. Didn't go. Uh, there was no interest in him, I think. Carlton is apparently Carlton. sure it can yeah. get him in the preseason. He'll, he'll probably go to the pre-season draft. I don't think we'll get him. We, we won't draft him back. Daniel Gorringe wanted to go, but uh, couldn't in the end. He'll stay at the Gold Coast, apparently. So Yes. He's, a, he's confirmed that tonight. Yeah. So that's where that all sits at the moment, guys. That's trade week. And Clinton Jones is without a home. Is he? He's not on the uh, list put out by the AFL. He's already been delisted. Mm, interesting. I don't. Has he actually been delisted though? Because Gwilt hadn't been delisted. No, Gwilt was delisted. No, he wasn't. Clinton Jones take is... No, because yeah, Jones. And, uh... No, but no, Gwilt hadn't been yet because he hadn't been taken off the list. So, ah. technically, Jones might still be on the list, but he won't have a contract for next year. My understanding so, is until, until, the delisted, until the delisted free agency period opens, then um, there's still, I think, as it stands, they're still treated as a listed player. Mm, hence, why we yeah. had to take, hence why we had to take Gwilt as an unrestricted free agent. Well, I think that you'll find that's what Clinton Jones' status is. Yeah, he's exactly the same as in he he's going to be delisted. He might. He has been delisted. Still on the list, though. He was announced as delisted with Trent Dennis Lane, Sam Dunnell, and Jason Gwilt. Yeah, there you go. But the problem was that technically he wasn't. He hasn't actually been delisted yet. I believe he has been. It's been announced. Yeah, but... This Wilt, was announced weeks ago, apparently. It's on our list yeah, on Big yeah, Footy. but you just said Gwilt as well, and Patrick Keane and all that stuff, and the Saints and Essendon have all confirmed that he was an unrestricted free agent. Oh, okay. Because the delisted free agency period hasn't even opened yet. No. And that's what I was getting to. Now, this has ended the AFL restricted free agency matching offer period. Um, there are still two more free agency periods to come, if you believe it. It's very complicated these days. Uh, Saturday, November the 1st, NAB AFL delisted player free agency period number one begins. And then that ends on November the 12th. And then AFL delisted player free agency period two begins on November the 14th. Uh, and then uh, list lodgements and everything happen on November the 19th. The draft happens on November the 27th. And then NAB AFL delisted free agency period three begins on November the 28th. Gee, it's a bit much, isn't it? So, Episode three, The Reckoning. <laughs> so that's all going to happen. Pre-season draft is on Wednesday, December the 3rd. And then final club list lodgement is on December the 5th. And then international rookie players are announced by December the 12th. So, theoretically... The draft goes for like four months after the season ends. And, uh, yes. 
So it's, it's all. Yeah, but that just seem a bits where they pull out some Irish kids who say, "Oh, it's really great to be here," and you know, and then <laughs> never play a game and then go back home. Then never play a game. Yeah. Inter- international rules coming up. I'm sure you're all fascinated by it. I know I am. Holding on That's to my decent this year, purely for the fact that they actually have the best team that we can put out there. Well, the best team minus Buddy Franklin, who won't be lining up for it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the, I'm not even sure when that is. I should look that up. But it is coming, um, I think it's in Ireland this year. November, no, it's here. It's November 22nd. It may as well be in Ireland, but it's in Perth. That's <laughs> a Subiaco. Oh, fun stuff. Boomer hoping for no boos from the Perth crowd. <laughs> First heading I saw. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, 5.45pm on Saturday, November the 22nd. Tickets go on sale. So get in rapidly. Line up outside. Uh, do what you got to do. I'm sure there'll be a big fight for uh, tickets there. 9am uh, Wednesday, July already. So they're probably sold out. You'll probably be, uh, you know find them on eBay or something for five times their price however it's done there um but yeah fun stuff any comments before we wrap up guys anything you wanted to bring up anything I've missed any incident supporter who next year does that coon shit they <laughs> shot what's that the what you know how they do that coon or that like with cruiser and all that sort of stuff or any other redneck who uh thinks it'd be funnel. Has anyone ever has anyone ever really gone to the footy and gone coon? I don't yeah. know anyone who actually does it and I Because I, I would have thought in today's Yeah, they actually they do it they do it at the games. Well, do they really? Because I would have thought yep. in today's modern environment with all the racism training and everything that people do that that might not be uh necessarily uh politically correct. Well, what I'm a Hawthorne what? supporter. What's racism One, training? Well, Love you Aaron what, what, what's going to be interesting is when uh, when when the Bulldogs in Essendon play, play next, and the, the you know the whole crowd does it in unison. <laughs> That'd be so interesting. <laughs> I was saying the words. I cannot anyway. see anything else of any uh, newsworthy import coming up. Well, I, I must admit, I thought the length. Of, we went from three weeks to two weeks for trade period. I think it works. I think they've found the right length. Well, apparently, there's more weeks well, to come. Yeah. Two hours, Just right. <laughs> no, no, but three weeks, they did nothing in week two, and it all happened on the Thursday anyway. But this way, they I think they've got the balance right. Yeah, but then again, most of these trades were like a year in the making. They've been talking to people off contract for a long time. Uh, where are we? Brock McLean oh, still not being offered a contract, you poor man. I'm told. <laughs> uh, he'll make some VFL team very happy next year. Ryan Griffin leaving the Bulldogs, hardest decision he's ever made. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Surprisingly yeah, yeah. enough, the players' union is standing by free agency. <laughs> they should. Of course. They should. This isn't course, what big. we've. What we've seen yeah, that, in the last few days is not free agency. It's not free agency. Well, there's free a, um, agency is Jared Waite getting to another club. Yeah. That's free agency. Well, know? it's stupidity in my opinion, but if they, <laughs> if, if they want him, they yeah, can have him. <laughs> so, 
when a thirty-two-year-old yeah. guy wants, yeah, but when a thirty-two-year-old guy wants to change clubs, that's free agency. Yeah. Not when a nineteen-year-old gets tears in his eyes because he hasn't seen his mum for a week. You know, that's not free agency. Mark Robinson uh, writing an article. Apparently. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right, Messenger. His name's not Buddy Franklin. It's okay. Mark Robinson writing an article for the Herald Sun saying that there is no honour in contracts anymore. So he's uh, gone off the moral deep end again. No, he's missed the point. It's not that there's no honour in contracts. There's no balls in club administrations. That's, that's where the problem is. You know, the funny thing with that is that the contract's probably the only thing that's saving his beloved Albert at the moment. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, that and the threat of legal action. Yeah, well, that's what I mean, is in that contract is probably the only thing that's... That's the only reason he's still there, because he... Yeah, oh, fuck, I haven't heard. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> all right, well, thank you all for coming on tonight, guys. It has uh, been a very odd couple of weeks that have seen us do a podcast every week since the grand final. Uh, when we didn't do one for three weeks before the grand final at all. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, hang th- on. If we go back to during the during the season proper, I think it was a stage we didn't do there one for, for yeah, a month, wasn't we it? We didn't do one for a month or so. But, By um, the way, Mike, you weren't here to cop my scorn, but I happen to remember you did pick Sydney for the grand final. <laughs> yeah, I'd that's just like right. to remind you. I'd like to remind you of the result. When I finally get my DVD from Hawthorne, Two weeks I've been waiting for that bloody DVD and my back-to-back coffee mug. Jesus Christ. But there's hell to pay in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. It must hell be hard winning pay. back-to-back grand finals and having to wait for the merchandise, you know. I shall have to write a stern <laughs> letter to the Herald Sun. You poor old man. Go, look, go and have a cup of haul this week. Jesus. Have you got your DVD of the Reserves grand final yet, Mike? <laughs> no, I'm not that <laughs> Can no, 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 I'm not that... Uh... It's the DVD with the multiple commentaries so you can listen to it as Triple M and then over... One day, Wookiee, when Carlton win a grand final, when they relax salary cap rules enough for Carlton to do it. <laughs> Steal one. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I can go back and watch the ones when, you know, football was an actual game played by men. You know, real oh, men. You can... Yeah, are they, watch, are they kicking watch, a sheep? I've told you the sheep's head premierships don't count, Wookie. <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Pross, you're relatively quiet during this time again. <laughs> are we are we going back to the days of your for you? Oh, it's a bit beyond it's a bit no, oh, I don't even fucking know. I am that's gonna be asleep. Well if <laughs> stuff keeps straight keep... on from work, I am I'm gone. If stuff keeps happening, we'll be back next week. Otherwise we'll see you all around the draft day sometime. But thank you very much guys. And we will <laughs> see you all on the forums. Alright, all good right. night, mates. Are we off the air?